Isn't it great that we serve a global church, a global God? You know our church, this church, right around the world, you can be seated, right around the world. I actually did a wedding once where I forgot to seat people and they're standing here. Someone said, come sit down. Right around the world, what we do makes a difference. It makes an incredible difference. There are millions upon millions of people going to hell if we don't make a difference. Billions of people going to hell if we don't make a difference. It's funny, this, this morning's theme's been wrapped up in what I'm going to preach about. And I love the fact that we serve a God that through His Spirit communicates a united message. Right around the world, He'll communicate a united message for what is needed in your life today, what's leading in my life today. And I've got to tell you, I've wrestled with this message this week. I really have. It's something that I've just, it's challenged who I am, genuinely. Because we get to levels in our world, then God says, hey, I'm not finished yet. Is anyone with me this morning? Has God finished with you yet this morning? You know, I believe that, that where we are today is a shadow of where we are going tomorrow. But the thing is about where we are today and where we need to be tomorrow, we need to look tomorrow. We're not to be looking at today. We're not to be looking at what's going on in our world right now. We're to be looking at God. Who are you? How big are you? Where do you want me to be? Which speaks to an area of our life. It's not wrapped up in submission to God, but surrender to God. Submission is one thing. You can submit to someone and not surrender to them. You can submit to something and not surrender to it. But God calls us to surrender our heart, to be prostrate on our knees in surrender so you can hear what He is saying to you. So you can surrender to God. Many people surrendered to God in the Bible, but still fell short. David, great example, surrendered, not passed out. David, great example of someone who surrendered to God, who was submissive to God, but often at times didn't surrender. Anyone like that? Am I already pushing buttons this morning? I'm pushing my own buttons all week, don't worry. It, um, let, let me start with, with a great thing, a, a great passage in the Bible. It's about the prodigal son. It says, Luke 15 to 18. Now, I love this story because it speaks to me about who God is. This is a a beautiful painting and a representation of the Father's heart. And it says this, I will go home to see my father. Now we know the story. We know the story that the son has taken his inheritance and he's run off and he's squandered it. And he gets to a place in his life where he's going, you know what? My life is worthless. And this is says, I will go home. He gets these places. I'll go home and say to my father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long ways off, his father saw him coming, filled with compassion and loved him. And he ran to his son and embraced him and kissed him. You know what I see right here? The father isn't interested one bit about what the son had done. He receives him immediately the moment he turns his heart to him. The moment he sees himself in the midst of his sin. You know, today we, we have a generation that need to turn to God, that need to follow this example. And we need a generation of believers in God that need to hold on to the same heart as the father. To have this same heart of grace, this same heart of mercy around, you know what, I know, I, I don't want to hear it. I don't care what you've done. All I care about is that you are here. All I care about is that you're on your knees right now. I love that you are with me. I love that you're here. Let me kill the fatted calf. Let me give you a ring, put a cloak around you and position you back where you always were meant to be. I love this. I love this, how God loves us. Often we get caught up in this situation, right? where we think, I've done the wrong thing, and God is angry with me. Is that, come on, is anyone here this morning? Is anyone here this morning where we sometimes have this thing where guilt and shame just start to wrap around us that's not of God, and it starts to pull us away from this hard attitude? 
It starts to keep us in the mud as a pig stuck somewhere where he shouldn't be. But the father's heart is like waiting, looking for you, looking for them a long way off. Waiting, waiting, waiting. So this morning I want to talk to you about the posture of your heart. The posture of your heart and, and where, you know, how to get to a place where we can be outward thinking, outward looking. Not looking at someone in their situation, but looking at from the Father's eyes and looking at them going, grace, 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 grace. Who's experienced grace in their life? Come on. If you know Christ, you've experienced grace in your life. Grace, 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 grace. It's something that, that we often think that we have, but often so much reminded that, you know, maybe there's a little more that needs to grow here. Amen? My message title today is In the Moment. In the Moment. And when I started reading about the, the prodigal son, I thought, man, that could have went so many ways. That story could have went so many ways. What we do in the moment matters. Every single person on this planet has a ministry. Do you know that? Everyone, everybody that is created has a ministry. That ministry will be realized by somebody like you in the moment. Whether you can look at that person and see the call of God on their life. Or you can look at that person and go, that guy's just a loser. That guy hurt me. That person did the wrong thing by me. That person, you know, he, he challenged me and hurt my heart. Or we can see them for who God's called them to be. And we see them through the grace that was afforded you and I. This great, amazing thing. I love this story where the father just, not even looking at the past, but looking forward, looking past the challenge, looking past the sin, looking past the problems to embrace the, the, the person that he loves, the person that he created. And this is how I see the Father God. He looks at us and he's like, come on, come on, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I love hearing the youth, the salvations, everything we do here. Let me just say, everything that we do, every bit of energy, every moment, every nail, every bit of paint, every word that is spoken is directed to one end only, and that is to see the salvation of people. The salvation of people. You know, salvation can only happen under grace. Under grace. It can only happen under grace. It can only happen from a place where you see their future, you see their purpose, you see their hope, you see them as the Lord sees them. It can only happen in this place. The thing about grace is this. It encapsulates a fascinating duality. We embrace it effortlessly when we need it, right? When you need grace, it's like a warm hug. It, it is uncompromising. It is one of those things where it's not earned, where someone shows you grace where someone has grace for the things and all your misgivings and these things. It, it, it's amazing how it can impact and change your life. It impacts and changes your life. How many people, and I know myself and my own journey and my own story, I don't deserve grace. I don't. In the carnal world, I don't deserve grace. Neither do you. This is the God that loves you and I, that stands and waits for you and I, that stands and looks for you afar off. Because it doesn't matter what you deserve. The prodigal son didn't deserve anything. But the father's heart was for grace, to bring him back into the family, to bring him back into who he called him to be, to raise him up and give him purpose and a plan for his future. Grace. You know, the other brother didn't have so much grace. He didn't understand. He's like, hey, I've been here busting my hump, right? Like, 
what's going on? I've been working hard. And the Lord said, and the father said to him, you've always been with me. You have everything I have. But it's the lost. It's the lost, the ones that are away from me that I keep a sharp eye and a keen eye for because they need my grace. They need my grace. And the father is the same. Father God's the same. Often we stop and, and go, God, where are you in my life? And God's like, I'm right here. <laughs> we do this one. I'm right here. Where are you, Lord? I'm right here. Listen with your ears. I heard this, this great message this morning, actually, where you listen with your heart. Do you know that? You listen with your heart. You don't listen with your ears. You process with your brain. But your heart needs to be in surrender, not submission to God. It's easy to submit. It's easy to go, I'm going to do what that guy tells me because that's my job. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. It's very difficult to do that surrendered because surrendered, you give away yourself. Surrendered, it's not about you anymore. It's about the purpose, God's purpose. Surrender is an important thing. Surrender will put you on your right purpose and your right path. And what will happen in your life, you will struggle against surrender. You will struggle against this. You'll struggle against serving and surrendering. My heart must be. I cannot afford one moment in my life not to be surrendered because the devil will consume me. If I don't continually come to a place of surrender, come to that place of grace, come and see the Father looking out for me, the devil will consume me. Because I can submit easy. Who's submitted to a boss or somebody? Yeah, you can submit, no problem in the world. In here, no surrender going on at all. That's true, right? It's true. You can submit all you like. I'll do it. I have to do it. But what's in here is 100% in complete opposition to what that person wants you to do. Submission and surrender will change your life. When you choose to surrender, when you choose to acknowledge something that I'm going to speak about, this, this grace that's in your world, the grace that's been afforded to you, there is no place for submission. There is only place for surrender. There is only place for surrender. It's something I wrestle with from time to time. I've had one of those weeks, you know, this week where I have wrestled with surrender. I genuinely have. And no doubt you might be wrestling with some stuff today and we're going to talk through that. My first thought today is, Actually, before I get there, it prompted me, this story prompted me to ask three questions. Question number one was this. Where does grace come from? You know, people in the world have grace. But it's leveled against what? Their standard of justification. You know, you, you need to meet where I'm where I'm at. This is what I believe grace is. That's the world's version. My second question was, what does it require of me to have grace? What does grace require of me? And the third question was, why does grace have a profound impact on my life? In this moment, I choose. This is a statement I have said to myself for a number of years now. When it's tough, Internally, I say, in this moment, I choose. What do you choose? This is one of those things, you know. In this moment, we see salvations. In this moment, we see people surrender to God. In this moment, we see the Holy Spirit come in and flip a heart upside down. Right across this world. In places that you've never been and you'll never go. There are people on their knees right now in surrender. There are people in persecution 
ready to die in surrender. For who Christ is and what Christ did. Right around this world, God requires us to surrender. He's required us to surrender. The thing about grace, we love to embrace it. But when it comes to showing grace, often, (laughs) it's not so easy, right? When it comes to showing grace, it's not so easy because it requires empathy and humility. It requires us to stop thinking of ourselves and justifying our position. It requires selfishness, self, selflessness, <laughs> selfishness. Glad to hear you're still listening, right. It requires selflessness that we're not always ready to give. Let me tell you a funny story. My son, Zach, he was four years old. And I kid you not, this was one of those days that took every bit of grace in my world. Four years old, you know, down in the front yard playing on his own. I don't know why he was down there. Don't ask that question. But he was. Liz and I were upstairs. um, And my mum had just bought a brand new car. It had the works, right? Which is, I've got to tell you, look, mum was probably in her 50s when she bought this car. It was emerald green, had a fastback, had mag wheels, bucket seats. Thinking back now, I'm like, that's pretty cool for a, right? Like she was, anyway, brand new. It, it, it shone like the sun. And next minute, I hear this almighty scream. And my heart sank. And it wasn't from my son. It was from my mom, right? I'm like, oh, this is going to be bad, right? This, one, this is going to be bad. So we fly downstairs to see what the problem is. And my mother is mortified. I mean, mortified to the point where she's like, you need to discipline that kid. You need to flog him. You need to lock him up. You need to do all these things. Oh, what's going on? Zach had gotten a rock. Now he's four, right? And didn't just put a little mark on the car. He got that rock. No, not one into the other. He walked the circumference of the car. <laughs> he scratched a gouge in it all the way around, crossed the boot. And my mother was hysterical. She had the car two weeks. And she's like, you need I'm like, what are you yelling at a four-year-old for? Right, like this is, I'm like, hey, 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 let's just take stock for a minute here. My mother was inconsolable. She was inconsolable. Literally, I had to remove my four-year-old from the scene of the crime. It was like, this is not going to end well. Someone's going to get punched, right? Like this is how it's going to happen. Now, it was an innocent action. But let me tell you what happened here. Their relationship was broken. Right in that moment, in the moment, she chose. And it devastated my son because he just wanted his grandmother's love. But she could not give him that love because of her own challenges and her own resentment and her own what she was wrapped up in her perspective was completely shaded by the fact that her identity was wrapped up in something carnal she had no grace for Zach in that situation she wanted me I kid you not I remember her words I can see it in my mind right now to lock him up, give him bread and water, flog him every hour for the last next two weeks and make him pay. I'm like, Mum, how can he pay? He's four. You're like, I don't know. You're going to pay somehow. Everyone's got to pay. Now, Mum didn't know Christ. Now, she's with Jesus now, but she didn't know Christ then. 
She didn't understand forgiveness. She just understood her position. She just understood what she'd poured into, that what she'd worked for was her possession, not a freedom. And I had to come to mum and I said, you know what, mum? This is like the next day. She couldn't talk to any of us. The next day I went, mum, you know what? He did something wrong. The problem is he didn't know that that was wrong. Whatever it costs, whatever he owes you, whatever it takes, I will pay. I will pay. I want you to charge it to me. I want you to take that car and get it fixed and I will pay. I will pay. And it wasn't until that car come back without spot or blemish that her relationship with my son was able to be restored. And that's the truth. Because people have limited grace outside of God. Outside of God, people don't understand what it's like to truly be forgiven, to truly sit at the foot of the cross and allow the blood of Christ to change who they are. What's going on? There's a green you. Righto. Typical youth kid. That's the devil right there, I'm telling you. It's a green ute. I may have scratched. No, I didn't do that. But you know what? The Lord needs us to be his messenger. The Lord needs us to show grace to those who don't know grace. But it wasn't until I paid every cent, until it was charged, until it was back to its restored state, that, he could, that she could forgive, she could let go and move on. It, it, it was an, an incredible process, to be honest. So often grace loses its perspective and pers- around personal injustice. Who's had injustice before? Come on, let me see your hands. You lose perspective? Yeah, me too. In this moment, I I try to remember to say to myself all the time, in this moment, in this moment, in this moment, what do I choose? What do I choose? I've really had to learn this lesson. To find grace, to remember grace. The truth is, if you claim Christ, that is, if you call Christ your Lord and Saviour, we have a mandate. Well, here we go. Gonna get a bit tough right now. Okay. We have a mandate. Come on. If you claim Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you believe that you are reunited with God the Father by grace, through faith, that was paid for in blood, we have a mandate. Stay with me now to let go of judgment. We have a mandate to let go. We have, a, we have a mandate to let go of these things, to let go of resentment, let go of expectation of others. You know, if I could say one thing, my expectation of others is had to come and surrender to the blood of Christ. It, it, my expectation, when I've got heart trouble, not medical heart trouble, but heart trouble. It's always about surrender. It is always about, hey, where's your grace? And remember the grace that I've given you. In every case, I could submit to God. I could submit to the cross. I can submit to the religion of the Bible. I can submit, but the Bible's not about submitting. It's about surrendering. Isn't that cool? It is like, it's a challenge. We have a mandate. I know this, none of us know where anyone else is really at. 
None of us know where anyone else's struggles are. None of us know what anyone else is going through. Sometimes on the outside, you look at these things, you're like, that guy's doing really well. He's walking well with God. He's doing these things. But the truth of the matter may be, he might be completely challenged in his life. And he needs someone to come along and just go, hey, you know what? You're doing really well. Edify them. You know what? You're amazing. I really value, not, not, not placate them, hey, let's, let's not get caught up in this one. Genuinely come along and go, you know what? I actually really appreciate who you are. Yannick, I, I so appreciate who, who you are and who God's called you to be and the purpose that you have in him. How can I support that purpose in you? How can I support what God has called you to do? This is surrender to the cross. Instead of, what about me? What, what, when do I get my leg up? When do I get someone to come and tell me these things? When do I, when do I? That's submission. It's about you. We have a mandate to let go of expectation of others to let go of judgment, to let go of these things in our life. I'm more concerned these days with my work, my walk with God, than just about anything. I'm more concerned about my heart posture than just about anything else that challenges my world. I'm more concerned about how do I outwork this great grace that I, that I sit under? How do I be a conduit of this incredible grace in my life? How do I remove the blockages that are in my life? Has anyone looked down a really filthy drain? Hey, come on. And it's full of challenges and blockages and all these things. Yep. I oh, know Murray's a plumber. I know he has. How do I hear with my heart and allow the Word of God to bring me into submission or bring me under surrender. How do I let this happen? And it can only happen at one place. When you remember the grace that was afforded you. When you remember the grace where the Father said, come, 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 come. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you've done. My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is enough for you. Just come and let me heal. Come and let my word flow through you. Come and let my spirit speak unto you. Come and let me bring you from a place of darkness into a place of light. Come. Come and sit under my forgiveness. Come and surrender. Some of those surrendered places are hard to let go of. Amen? Are they hard to let go of? I don't know, maybe me. You know, I'm just saying, sometimes it's tough to let go of some of these things. If we don't care to lose those things, then we make a choice not to remember the framework in which we claim freedom. If we don't choose, and hear my words, choose, choose, choose is important. If we don't choose to surrender, then we choose not to. That's pretty basic, right? But it's true. If we don't choose to surrender, we choose not to remember the grace in which you were given. We choose not to remember in the moment the grace in which you are free. Because the Word of God says if the Son sets you free, you are? Who's sick of walking around captive? Amen. Who's sick of walking around? Braden said it this morning. Who's sick of walking around being controlled by the mind games that you go on in your head? Who's tired of letting the devil play, you know, play around with your life? Submission, surrender. 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 Surrender to the blood. Surrender. You know the difference between submitting? You look at an army that's captured, that's overrun, they will submit. They'll never surrender. But you look at someone who has surrendered. This is a life that chooses to get out of its own way. In the moment. In the moment. What do you choose? You got problems at home? In the moment, what are you choosing? You got problems at work? In the moment, what are you choosing? In the moment. Because you know where the devil lives? In the moment. 
The devil lives in every single moment waiting, waiting for you, waiting for me in the moment. And the only place I can keep him at bay in my heart and my head is in surrender. When I stand there and say, if I choose Christ, if I choose salvation, then I choose the blood. And the price that was paid for that surrender was eternity and salvation for you and I. This is what I choose. Now, we're talking about normal people here. You and I, people who don't know God. You've got to be the father. You've got to choose to be the father. You've got to choose to be the father of the prodigal son in someone's world. This is a choice in the moment when you come across these guys that, that want to speak to you right here, right now. You can choose to align with them or you can choose to be the father. Hey, don't worry. Cool, I got you. You know what I notice about the son, the prodigal son? He didn't affect the father's attitude. You know, the prodigal son could have impacted all this then started justifying why he was, why he did, what he did, you know, and why he should get that robe. But the father closed his mouth. Stop. Let me just show you grace. Let me not give you my opinion and just show you grace. Let me not tell you why, you know, you deserve what I'm about to give you. Let me just show you grace. We've got to choose in the moment, in the moment. We've got to choose. This is so important. It's such an important lesson for you and I that we've got to choose. In the moment, my mum forgot the love of a grandson. True. She forgot all about it. Her, her whole world was wrapped up in this stupid car. It wasn't stupid to her, let me tell you. But for me, I'm like, it's a stupid car. He's four years old. Why are you choosing this? Because she wasn't in surrender. She'd surrendered to something else. She'd surrendered to finance. She'd surrendered to all these other things. In the moment. Now, before you get on your hobby horses, right, I understand justification. I do. I understand what it's like to stand there and justify why I am the way I am. But can I also just say that at the foot of the cross, in the view of eternity, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It only matters in the moment. At the foot of the cross, when I look at what my justification was paid with, it doesn't matter because I need to choose where I stand. Choose where you stand and stay there. Remember this, 1 Peter 5, 8 says this. Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Satan is waiting for you in that moment. He's waiting, he's waiting. He's waiting for you to lose your temper. He's waiting for you to say the wrong words. He's waiting for you to put you back in a place of captivity where the Son had already set you free. Who can put you back in captivity? You. You. You put yourself back there. Because let me tell you, if Jesus has set you free, you're free. If Jesus has set your language free, you're free. If Jesus has paid for you, you're free. Only you can go back to that place. And that place can only be conquered by a surrendered heart. It can only be conquered by a heart that is in surrender, not submission. You know what? I'm a Christian, but I'm going to have this attitude anyway. That's a choice. You choose in that moment. That's a choice. This has been a tough one to, to work through. If you struggle with grace this morning, if you struggle with this area in your life, and I have, I've struggled with this. I've struggled with having grace for some people and not others. I've struggled with having grace for situations and not others. But I must come back to this place. If I claim Christ, if I claim the blood of Jesus Christ, if I stand there and go, you know what, 
I'm going to stand in the Holy of Holies. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to stand here and sing your praises. It's got to be in a place of surrender. has to be. You can't praise God from any other place. You can't. I, I, I love when Jesus teaches us how to pray. You ever notice this? Come on, you can say with me, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is heaven. Stop right there. What has Jesus just done? He's established the deity of who God is. God, you are God. There is no other God but you. You are all-powerful, all-encompassing. You speak, it happens. Holy is your name. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then once he establishes the deity of who God is, then he asks because his heart's in the right place. He's in a place of surrender. He's in a place where he goes, God, your will be done. Not mine. Your will. Then he bookends this thing and says what? Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever. Amen. You're struggling with grace today. Think on that one. Think on that. Take your problem and place it in between those bookends. Our Father, who art in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come. I guarantee you by the time you stop telling God who God is, your heart will shift. You'll go from submission, I'm doing this as a religious act, to surrender, I'm doing this, God, because I know you know, you know me better than me. I know that what you're going to put into me is going to be far better than what I'm going to put in myself. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. If you struggle with grace, the likely problem at its core, not on the surface, not in the circumstance, is not between you and someone else. It's usually between you and the cross. In my experience, if we struggle with these things, it's because my heart's not in surrender. There can only be one king in the kingdom, amen? Either you or the Lord. God's a jealous God. He doesn't share his throne. We've seen how this plays out, haven't we? We've seen someone else that wanted to share God's throne, and what happened to them? They got booted out of heaven. There is only one king in the kingdom. And my challenge to you today is, who's the king of your heart? Who is the king of your circumstances? Who's the king in the moment? Challenging, right? It's funny how we often have more grace for others when we're feeling good about ourselves. Do you know that? When you, you look good, you feel good, you like your job, you don't feel too fat. <laughs> Come on. You, don't, you know, you feel good about who you are. You go, man, don't worry about it. It's all good. It's all good. Because I'm doing well. Me and G, we're all, we're all happening. Well, you're not feeling good about yourself. Two things happen. It's really hard to have grace for yourself. And it's very hard to have grace for someone else. And we fall into judgment. True? Okay. Where's freedom live? At the foot of the cross? Where grace and mercy live. Where grace and mercy meet. That's where freedom lives. Right at the foot of the cross. The minute we step away from that place, we end entangled in this place that is submissive but not that that is surrendered but not submissive. Amazing. Matthew 26, 39 says this. He went on a little farther and bowed his head, bowed his with his face to the ground, praying, My father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken from me. Yet your will be done, not mine. Oh, if I could remember that. If I could remember that in the moment. Let your will be done, not mine. 
I tell you what, the devil's at work here today. <laughs> My gosh. Doesn't want you to have grace. Green cars, falling props, I don't know what's going on. I set that up before just to add impact, right? Need to breathe. In Jesus' name, amen. Not your will, but mine. Not your will, but mine. Hey, who could remember that? You know, if you, if you need to remember anything in the moment, when you're stuck in a situation, when you're cranky at work, cranky with your partner, cranky with your husband, cranky with yourself, in this moment, what do I choose? Do I choose grace for myself? Do I choose to walk free? Do I choose to live from a place of surrender? Or am I choosing to live from somewhere else? Am I choosing to live from a place where I want to control the outcomes? When my focus isn't on eternity beyond the cross, I'm going to go around the mountain one more time. Who's sick of going around the mountain, man? Come on, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of getting to the place where the devil has got a hook inside of me again. We have to bring that place under surrender. I know this. We, we sang this before. He's under my feet. Oh, giant. Come on. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. If the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. You are free. You've got to choose freedom. This is a choice you need to make. In the moment, you need to choose the freedom that Christ afforded you. In the moment. When you're about to blow your stack, say to yourself, in the moment, turn around, hey, I'm just going to go for a walk. I need to get my heart right. I need to get back into a place of surrender. I'm not going to let the devil take one more inch of my life because he's stolen so much already. And the thing is, God needs you to be his voice and a representation of his grace. God needs you to be the father that looks for the son, that looks for the people in the world, that has grace for them and sees them for their purpose, that sees them for who he's called them to be, to take them by the hand. God needs you, every single one of you. I can't do it all. Pastor Tim can't do it all. All the Christians around the world can't do it all because the devil will consume everybody who gives them ground. Every single one of them. It's up to you and me to live in a place of surrender, not a place of submission where you think you have rights because you don't. This is a choice. You traded your rights, your justifications for an eternity with him. That's what you traded. Now God's got grace. God's got abounding grace. But I won't let any more people pass my way that I'm not in a position to show them grace. I often think of Ananias and Saul in the Bible. You know, if Ananias was having a heart problem, if he was dirty with God, if he had some challenges around his life, and he wasn't ready to talk to Saul, imagine how that would have turned out. It's all about your posture. It's all about your surrender. You know, God said, hey, Ananias, I want you to go and talk to this dude named Saul on a street called Straight. I, I want you to tell him about who I am. You know what Ananias' response was? Do you know who this guy is? He kills guys like you and me. It's like me sending you to the head of the Taliban and saying, go and tell him about Christ. You're like, are you kidding me? You're going to put a bullet in my head or chop my head off. This is the same deal. This is a surrendered life. This is a surrendered life. And the great things that come from this, you and I are here today because of men like that. Grace, grace, grace. Grace, grace, grace. Choose it in the moment. You have to choose this. And then he said, God, I don't want to go. <laughs> What did God say? Go! All right, okay. I'm going. 
Your will be done, not mine. You know, right in this moment, right here, in this moment, Jesus chooses grace for you and me. You choose, right here, he makes a decision. He says, God, if this can pass from me, but I choose, I choose, I choose in this moment. I choose grace. Choosing grace triggers a conscious response to rise above circumstance, to see beyond the moment, to see beyond the person, and to stand where you're called to stand with Christ. Just like Ananias. You need to see beyond the moment. You need to see beyond the person. You need to see the purpose that God has for someone and then stand with Christ because Christ stood with you and I. Amen. It's incredible how grace applied can make a hopeless situation turn into a situation full of hope. When we don't have grace, we bring bondage to our own life. Ephesians 2.8 says this, For God saved you by His grace when you believed. You can't take the credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done. So none of you can boast about it. Can you see yourself right now at the foot of the cross in surrender? There's nothing you can do. This is a place of absolute grace. You can't earn it. All you can do is accept it. There's no justifications here. I remember one day I was having a robust conversation with Lydia. Do you like that, robust? I wasn't winning. (laughs) And I remember saying, you should embrace your challenges. And she stood up, marched straight towards me and gave me a huge hug. (laughs) Now let me tell you, it wasn't grace I deserved. But it's what I got. None of us deserve it. But we've got to remember in the moments in our life? What are we choosing? What are we choosing? What you choose counts. What you choose counts. It makes a difference. It It made a difference to me. Someone chose in a moment to share Christ with me and have grace for me. Someone chose in a moment to look beyond my problems, my circumstances, my challenges to a future that God had planned out for me, a purpose that he called me to. Someone chose for you. To surrender themselves so you could be here. So we can enjoy this great grace. Matthew 28 says this. It says, We are given. We are given clear instructions about what to do with the grace that we've been given. Do you know that? Really clear. It's not ambiguous. If you if you read the Bible, it's pretty clear. And hopefully, you know, all of us do. <laughs> it says this: therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. You know that that last bit? 20. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. You know the problem with that is? You've got to obey them as well. You're not exempt from this stuff. You can't sit there and go, well, you know, you should do this, but the posture of my living is this way, because you are the example. Let me bring your thoughts back to the father again. The father stood there, looking for his son, looking past the problems, looking past what had been stolen from him, looking past all these things to a son, come, 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 from a place of grace. In other words, 
Talk to them about me. Show them the same grace I showed you. If you can't do that, maybe you're living in a place of judgy McJudgy, right? We've all been there. We've all been judgy McJudgy. That's not a place to surrender. Romans 3, 22 to 24 says, We are made right with God. Everyone say, we are made right with God. By placing our faith in Jesus. And this is true for everyone who believes. No matter who you are, for everyone that has sinned, we've all fallen short of God's glorious standard, yet in His grace. Say that one. Yet in His grace. Yet in His grace. He freely makes us right in His sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty of a Christless of eternity. A Christless eternity. When He freed us from a Christless eternity. In other words, to say an eternity in hell. You know, when we start to really ponder on the grace that was afforded you and I, I can't help but be in surrender. I can't help but sit at the foot of that cross with a surrendered heart, letting go of judgment, letting go of every other challenge I have with people because my heart and my eyes are fixed on Him. I'm so grateful. Is anyone else grateful that God stood and looked for you? That God stood and waited for you? That God stood ready with a fatted calf and a cloak and a ring, with a hug to embrace you, to forgive not interested in your, in your challenge and your walk in life. God stood and went, you know what? I just love the fact that you're back in relationship with me. John 8.10 says this. And who can forget the words of Jesus and the woman caught in adultery? Then Jesus stood up again and he said to the woman, where are your accusers? Accuser. Every one of us in this room has been an accuser. We've all accused people of this and that. We've all had accusations laid against us. Every single one of us. But you're free. You're free. You're free. We walk and we live in the mercy and the grace of the blood of Jesus Christ. And he says, where are your accusers? Didn't one of them even condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Can I ask everyone this morning to take a hold of this? Jesus doesn't accuse you. We're called to go. We have a mandate. Go and sin no more. Go and show the grace and the love that Jesus is showing to this woman right now. I guarantee you that very action, with very little words, impacted her life more than a thousand sermons, more than a thousand bits of information. I guarantee you. Go and sin no more. Where's the grace in this one? In the moment... It's hard. In the moment, it's challenging when your heart isn't surrendered. We can get the rest of the musicians to come. That's okay. In the moment, it's really tough to remember if you don't have a heart in submission to live from a place of submission. It's hard. Church, you belong to the realm of heaven. But imagine if your whole life was assessed against all the wrong things that you did. Is anyone here grateful for forgiveness? I am. I don't know about you guys, but I am. 100%. Corinthians uh, 10 says this, we demolish every argument that sets up uh, presentation, that sets up itself against the knowledge of God. We take every thought into captivity 
What does that mean? It's taking the challenges in our heart, bringing them in surrender to God and going, God, you're all I care about. I want to be a grace grower. I want to be a grace shower. I want to be a person who, who doesn't live my life bound by the challenges in my heart. I want to be a person who walks in freedom. I want my mind to be free. I want my heart to be free. And I want to walk in the salvation and the freedom that you paid for. You and I were in a hopeless situation. We were. But it's amazing how grace can bring hope. Brought hope to you. Brought hope to me. But there's a gazillion people out there that need that hope as well. Can I encourage you this week, next week, and the week after that, and every week from there, in the moment, look out for the moments. Look out for the moments where God's calling you to grace. When you're being accused or you're accusing in the moment, what are you choosing? Can you remember the freedom this morning? Can you remember the blood? Can you remember the Father that stands and looks out for you? Imagine being that son coming to grace. Imagine being the son, knowing, coming back, going, I've done all this. I've done all this wrong. I will be a a slave and a servant unto you. And God says, no, you won't. No way. No way. You're going to be restored. Without spot or blemish. Restored. Just on my mum's car. Restored. Without spot or blemish. Are we grateful for this this morning? I am so grateful for this this morning, church. Jesus advocated for you and I. Jesus' blood in heaven right now advocates for you and I. Right now, Jesus' blood cries out to the Father. Father, they've wronged you. They've taken from you. Whatever they owe you, charge it to me. Charge it to my account. We stand at our feet this morning. Church, we have a choice to make right now. Whatever they owe you, they've wronged you. Jesus said, charge it to me. Charge it to me. Charge it to me so they can be free, so they can walk free, so they can walk and, and share your grace, share your salvation, share your life, and not live in bondage this morning. I will set them free. And the Father said, your blood's enough. His blood's enough. That great grace that we all sin under. Isn't that beautiful? We all close our eyes right across this place. Father God, I I just lift up every single life here. My God, thank you for them, Father. Father God, thank you that someone saw a purpose and plan beyond themselves for every life here. Father God, I thank you, my God, that your grace and your love and your blood Set me free. Father God, I thank you that I no longer have to walk in bondage. Lord, that I walk under your great banner of grace. Lord, that I can call myself a citizen of heaven. Lord, I release. I release it right now. I release it, the bondage in my heart right now. Lord, I pray that every single person here who claims the blood of your son, releases every bondage, releases every challenge, releases every unforgiveness, every hurt, every pain, every wrongdoing, Father God. 
I thank you that your blood paid for every bit of it. Every inch of it. Every tear your blood paid for. In Jesus' name.